This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, for the last Thursday of the year, we are coming to you live from the MD's Fantasy Football Show. For the last time ever. We're coming to you live from the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's Thursday night. We got injury inquiries and NFL cashing tickets with Jazz Flardy on the second half of the show. Yes, you heard me right. In case you haven't been listening to the beginning of our shows the last couple of weeks, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is coming to an end, but never fear. We're only coming back out with something new, just something different, and with maybe new faces that you're not always used to seeing, like Chase and Chris and Adam, and we're all becoming co-partners rather than just being, you know, my show. So we're going to be able to see a lot of things that we were not able to see before. Very excited for it and the opportunity that it's going to do for me, give me more free time, and us to get more creative, to give you better content and great fantasy football advice and Player props, cashing tickets, bets. That's what we're all about. We're making money, NFL domination. That's what we want at the end of the day. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Thanks for subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel and you follow us on social media, you'll be grandfathered into the new brand. Uh, whenever that gets announced, which hopefully will won't be until you know the end of January or even sooner than that, we'll have to see. But tonight is about the NFL injury inquiries. It's their fantasy football championships. We got to figure out who exactly is going to be available to us or who we need to block and pick up off the waiver wire. So with no further ado, let's introduce our very special guest of the evening. And now... The moment you've all been waiting for. He's the number one medical expert in all of fantasy sports. Mr. Brian Scott! I'm not worthy. That's right, baby. I'm not worthy. Feel the music. One last time for 2023. <laughs> it's been a good year. It has been, been a great, great year. Always want to get you, Brian. You bring, I have to say, invaluable content to this show, and you will bring invaluable content to the new show that we that we have. I and mean, Brian's not going to go anywhere. We're going to make sure we have his segment on at some point, in some way, some sort of fashion, without a doubt. Forward, Brian, I'm excited. Sometimes it's good we, to have just kind of re re restart. You know, kind of get back in there, reorganize, regroup, put out something fresh. So I'm I'm excited, Dan, with what you got in the works here. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of new stuff. It's gonna be a busy off season. And it, it, like, oh, I just sure. put that out there real quick. We are gonna do, you know, dynasty content uh, like we always done. Just may look everything just may look a little bit different, but ultimately we're still gonna get dynasty content. We're still gonna do NFL draft coverage. Uh, we're still gonna be doing best ball and and getting guests on and going to the expo. And it's just it, it's all gonna be there. Just a little little different take that maybe you'll enjoy a little bit more. I'm very excited about it. But anyway, Brian, we got a lot we got to talk about. I know it's championship week. There's one week left for everybody. Maybe you're in two you're in leagues where you have two weeks, uh, and I call those the amateur hour leagues. Get out of those leagues. You shouldn't be in those leagues. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, I got a laundry list of guys that we got to get yeah, into, yeah. man. So yeah, let's 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 kick this thing off. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I, I thought the the list would get progressively s smaller, and it's actually grown exponentially as the weeks have gone on here. 
we'll get my thought is like okay, a championship week. Like there's only a several handful of players that we're talking about here because it's championship week. We're down a smaller amount of teams, but everyone's still relevant as it comes down to it. So first and foremost, Trevor Lawrence now dealing with a shoulder. I mean, it's the third week in a row. He's had a different injury every time. Every time I think he's not going to play and he's been able to do so to this point. So what do you think about Trevor Lawrence this week? I don't think it's going to be much different with him, you know, throughout his uh, career here so far, he has played through a lot of uh, small kind of nagging injuries, nothing severe. And this is really no different. So I don't really see much changing this week. He was limited today, but they're saying he's day to day and they play the Panthers this weekend. So I'm sure he'll get in there. He might not have a, a full workload depending on the outcome of this game, but we'll see him at least start and, and get some, some reps. Okay. Well, I mean, th- that, that is good news. Limited today. Like we, we want Trevor Lawrence out there. If, if not for Trevor Lawrence's sake, because by the way, I don't have him ranked as a top 12 quarterback, but I do want him out there. If you needed Calvin Ridley, if you've been holding on to Evan Ingram, who's been on fire with the target share that he's seen, you want him out there for those guys in particular, even if you're not going to play Trevor Lawrence, which by the way, against Carolina, you shouldn't, you should have a better option. In fact, one of your better options might be this guy, CJ Stroud. Well, supposedly he cleared concussion protocol and was a full participant in practice today. So it sounds like he will be available. All right, C.J. Stroud back in the building. Fire up Nico Collins. I got him as a top 15 receiver. Follow up Noah Brown. I have him as a high-end wide receiver three. These are guys you want in your lineups in a great matchup against Tennessee and C.J. Stroud, a top 10 quarterback for me. So you go ahead and fire everybody up. That includes Devin Singletary, too, playing him with a ton of confidence. Uh, Will Levis and his ankle issue. What do we got here? So he was a full participant today, and it sounds like he is gearing up and on track to play this weekend, so we should see him. Okay, wow. Well, Will Levis is going to come out there. I Honestly, I didn't think we were going to see Will Levis again this this season, so I was I was shocked to see that he was progressing through. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah, no, shocked there. Uh, how about Taylor Heineke? He came out with an ankle issue. The second time he's gotten opportunities to start, and after his first start, he winds up picking up an injury, and this time off of a decent performance on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was serious. Um, he got a limited practice in today. It could just be that they're taking him along slowly. Don't want to aggravate this thing. Um, keep an eye on what happens tomorrow and heading into the weekend, but they they should have a status. I'm sure he'll be questionable, but if he gets some reps in tomorrow um, and uh, is able to go uh, Sunday, I think we'll we'll see that happen. Well, how about that? We got uh, across the board there. Pretty good news on the quarterback front. Uh, not something we were used to always getting here. Well, there's Let's not much the- good news when you look at the, uh, the entire group of the, during the entire season. It's been pretty miserable, the quarterback yeah. position. So that's any true. news really, any news like this is good news at that position this year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, thank God for that. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's, let's get to our next one and see if we got more good news on the way. It's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. Uh, the running back position is really tough, man. Uh, yeah. I, I got to be honest. The running back and receiver position these last few weeks has, has been really difficult to kind of predict uh, about what exactly is going on. And this entire group is going to preface this by saying a lot of guys were limited Wednesday. Some of them were no practices at all. Could have been just rest days for a lot of these guys as we get deeper and deeper into the season and playoffs loom ever closer. Um, Wednesdays are usually just kind of a walkthrough session. They're really not very strenuous. So a lot of guys will just take that opportunity to rest. So I wouldn't look too much into what happened yesterday. It's really about what happens today, but even more importantly, it's what happens tomorrow heading into the weekend. So 
despite what we say here tonight, pay close attention to tomorrow because that's really going to be the deciding factor is tomorrow's practice. So a lot of these guys didn't practice yesterday. And of the couple that did, they were all limited. So we'll just run down the list. I'll kind of try to keep it concise for you. Um, Josh Jacobs with this quad issue. He's been dealing with this for a while. He missed, I think, did he miss last week's game? He did miss last week's game, yeah. Yeah, and he didn't practice yesterday. I'm not sure if he got in there today at all. He, but, he didn't practice today. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, this doesn't sound promising for this weekend. Again, well, yeah, let me jump in there, though. We got The reports are, because this is what's confusing right now. He didn't practice yesterday. He didn't practice today. But beat writers are reporting that the feeling is that Josh yeah. Jacobs is kind of expected to go this weekend. Well, uh, feeling is one thing, but what actually transpires on the field is another. So, again, I would expect to see him doing something by tomorrow in order for him to suit up and play. With a soft tissue injury like this, it's not a hamstring, obviously. It's a quad. These tend to be much less um, of a problem to bounce back from. So, you know, we should see him at least do something heading into the weekend, especially when you consider that he missed last weekend. If he didn't miss last weekend, I'd, I'd probably say, okay, that that might be realistic. Maybe the, those feelings are real, but um, I don't trust when beat reporters are saying the feeling. Uh, I don't know who's feeling. Is it the reporter's feeling? Is it the player? I mean, who who's feeling? I, I, it's just their vibe in the locker room or what? I don't know. Ah, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's based to. on third-party observation, not yeah. actual information coming from the medical staff. So that's take fair. that with a grain of salt. Um, moving down the list, Isaiah Pacheco, he didn't practice. Now, he's coming off a concussion, and this is after he just came back from an injury. This guy seems to get banged up a lot. Um, concussion protocol requires you to get back out there and do stuff, so until we see him do anything, he will not clear. This could come down to the wire depending on what he's able to do tomorrow and if he did anything today but he didn't practice as of yesterday so oh and i'll throw the caveat in now clatter's letter is expected to go uh he was did not practice today but it sounded like it might have been a rest day that, that might have just been a rest day then yeah jerry mckinnon's on the ir so Correct. that's why Clyde's Lair is what we have to look at here because if there is no Pacheco and we, ha- we already know there is no Jerry McKinnon, I have Clyde's Lair as the top 24 running back, lock him in, you know, RB2 play this week because you could be looking at a great match against Cincinnati and all of the work. Uh, so <laughs> that could be a big one there. We have to watch and we can see that could win championships. Yeah. And this, this is like one of those things you got to pay really close attention to because. Just because he didn't practice today and he's in concussion protocol doesn't mean like he's that far away from coming back. Um, You know, some guys can basically be symptom free within like 24 hours. So it could be a big change from today to tomorrow. So and and from then tomorrow to Saturday and Saturday to Sunday. So, again, this could be a last minute thing. As long as he's able to get cleared in time before the game, then you can have an answer, you know, fairly quickly here. Um, I like that. Chuba Hubbard. Okay, so hamstring. We've we've said it all year. If you guys have listened to the show, um, he was limited. Unless he got a full practice in today or tomorrow, then I don't expect him back. Any type of hamstring injury, especially the hamstrings, you really got to test it out. The only way to do that outside of game conditions is to get a full practice in, full intensity. Um, you know, with maybe a little bit of contact. I don't really do much practice, but uh, limited stuff with the hamstring doesn't tell me anything. You know, it tells me that he's not ready is what it tells me, but it doesn't tell me anything about him being available for the game. 
I mean, so and that's fair. Here's what I find interesting. He gets in and out of the game. He played the entire game last week. Didn't have to get knocked out of it. Limited on a hamstring Wednesday and Thursday. Now, the Wednesday is actually more significant to me in this instance because when you're a running back and you're dealing with a hamstring injury, if you're actually hindered at all, they don't even practice you, period, on a Wednesday. Yeah. So that's where I'm a little bit curious to see if that, that softens your stance at all. So, so I mean, like we said, Wednesdays are usually just a limited kind of walkthrough thing. So it really doesn't tell us much about what his limited activity was. Could have been that he was just working on the side while they were going through their walkthroughs, maybe with the medical staff. Doesn't really tell us much. Limited today, though, tells us a lot more because they're out there running through drills, running through plays, you know, going through sets. That tells me a little bit more. Now, we don't know if he's actually injured. Perhaps he was just feeling a little sore. Maybe there was some concern about a potential injury. Maybe he couldn't really clearly kind of... Um, dictate what exactly was the problem. And so they're just being cautious here as we head into the weekend, you know, maybe not trying to create an injury where one doesn't exist. Um, but again, even so, uh, I expect a full practice session in before we see him, because if if you can imagine, you know, having this up in the air and then throwing him out there on game day, you're setting him up for disaster and potentially having to be taken out mid game or early in the game. So you don't want that either uh, from a, coaching position and a management position. You want to know what you're going into, you know, what all the decks are in your hand uh, as you head into the weekend. You don't really want to have these kind of lingering question marks come kickoff. So oh, I, your Carolina question, I question your logic and reason. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, and I'm not talking specifically about <laughs> Carolina. I'm just kind of making a general <laughs> statement here, but yes. And, and then, you know, these are the things you got to take into consideration, right? We're talking about the Panthers here. So who, who the hell knows, right? Like, <laughs> All right, so uh, Brian Robinson, what about him? So limited. Right. Um, That's the first again, time we've seen him in practice at all, though. Correct, correct. So he didn't miss, I think, Wednesday and was limited today. So, I mean, like, literally kind of baby steps here getting back on the field. So, yeah, and he missed last week. So He, he did. So if, if he's not ready to go, I do have Antonio Gibson right now ranked as RB35, and that's with the anticipation of there not being a Brian Robinson, and we already know Chris Rodriguez got put on the IR. So that's a moot point, too. Uh, yeah. look, look, even with those two guys out, we saw before Washington, they went back to Jonathan Williams. Like They get other guys involved. For whatever reason, they seem to have no interest in handing Antonio Gibson the full workload. To top it all off, they're playing against San Francisco. Now, when you're running back and you're getting the full workload, I don't really care who you're playing against. You at least have a flexible floor. And that's why I have Antonio Gibson ranked the way he is. But just be a little bit weary that they might try to bring somebody out and that somebody, even if he's off the practice squad, might get involved to at least some degree. So Gibson should be nothing more than a bottom floor flex play in your expectations of your championship lineups this week. So I just kind of wanted to add that in. Uh, who we got? We got with Zach Moss. Yeah, so it's like this mystery forearm injury. I'm not really sure what it was. I didn't think it was anything serious. I saw the play where he got injured. Couldn't really tell what happened. And then he missed last week, and he was limited um, yesterday. I think maybe today as well. I'm not sure, but definitely yesterday. So, you know, this could be one of those kind of day-to-day things, see how he feels in game-time decision. Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing you care about from the Zach Moss standpoint is like, okay, if Zach Moss sells away, John Taylor's guaranteed a certain level of workload. I mean, that's all it's really boiling down here, too. But regardless, you're playing John Taylor. It doesn't really matter what Zach Moss's availability is or isn't. Okay, let's get to the wide receivers. This is a big one. This this one maybe I'm feeling more positive on it. What do you got on Jamar Chase and a shoulder coming back potentially? 
Well, I, I, did he practice today? Because he missed yesterday. He was a limited participant in practice today. And I'm going to add another caveat. You cannot talk the amount of smack that, that man is talking right now on social media <laughs> to the Kansas City Chiefs if you ain't going to play on Sunday. So and that's how I'm kind of reading this thing. That might that might be a good tell. I mean, that <laughs> might be a tell. So, uh, yeah, I would actually pay attention to that a little bit closer than what I'm going to say because, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, he, AC joint sprain actually took me by surprise that he even had this injury and that he missed as much time as he has. Um, didn't sound like it was serious, but then he missed a week. I didn't expect him to miss last week. So who knows, man? Um, but maybe that, you know, smack talk is a sign that things are in the, moving in the right direction. We're going to see him suit up. Yeah, I mean, he's just like, he's just giving it to Kansas City on social media right now. Like, he, <laughs> he wants them to hear about it. I'm like, dude, you better be playing this week because you cannot say yeah. what you're saying and knock it out there on the and field. You better so, be healthy, too, because you know they're going to be tar- have a target on your back. Oh, now. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I, I yeah. guys, I think Jamar Chase, is, if you if you made it to the championships without him last week, I think you do get him back for this week. And I know it's a tough match against Kansas City. You got to play your studs. You got to play Jamar Chase. All right. Uh, Michael Pittman. This thing was so weird last week. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, you know, he just came. Well, for so he came back from what looked like a brutal concussion. And I, right. He got cleared, too. And did he play last week? He played, right? No, he didn't play. He didn't, oh, he he didn't, didn't play. play at all. So he, he was, he, I thought he got cleared. He did. Oh, oh, I remember now. This was like, yeah, yeah. they flip flopped on this, which yep. is really kind of odd because apparently he cleared concussion protocol, but then had concussion symptoms again, which is yep. odd. Um, maybe something happened in practice uh, that, you know, caused him to have this post or, or he's having this post concussion syndrome, which we hear a lot about, where you basically develop symptoms long after the concussion has occurred and you, they just kind of keep lingering. So maybe he never really didn't have concussion. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to really say what's going on here, but yeah, he was I mean, limited in practice. So, I mean, there's a chance again, we could see the same kind of scenario play out here heading into the weekend. He might actually clear. Hopefully he doesn't have a return of the symptoms and he's actually really clear this time and feeling good, but have to keep a close eye on that. If you have him on your roster. Well, exactly. That's that's going to be the thing heading into this week is that you're going to have to double check Michael Pittman because uh-huh. what happened last week? Practice him full on Friday with clear concussion protocol. Saturday night, all of a sudden, having sensitivity to light, they wound up having to roll him out Sunday morning out of nowhere. And now we're back at Thursday. List is a limited participant in practice today, but the report was that he cleared concussion protocol already. He was clear for contact uh-huh. during today's practice. So now um, it, it seems to be all over the place with Michael Pittman. Waiting to see what happens tomorrow. We are looking for a full practice, but the report is right now that Michael Pittman is active and ready to go. I don't trust that until we actually get closer to game time. So still have a backup plan in place. And honestly, my backup plan, I would just look at Josh Downs. He had nine targets last week. I know it wasn't a big fantasy uh, stand, but the target share was there without Michael Pittman. It's going to have to go somewhere. Uh, If not a Josh Downs, there are some other guys I put out on my waiver wire rankings list on social media that you can go ahead and look at to see if they're still available to you, but have a backup plan for Pittman, even though he's being called cleared right now because this seems a little bit messy what's going on with him at the moment as 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 brian just laid out what about jalen waddle and he picked up an ankle issue yeah so he missed practice on wednesday uh with tyree kill too by the way which sounds like it could have just been a rest day for both those guys um not sure what waddle did today Uh, i know and i think that injury took him out of the game right when he got it hurt, did. like, yeah. So 
I mean, his injury is probably pretty significant. I'm not sure there's much to read into the Tyree Kill thing. Um, they're probably just letting, you know, give him an extra rest day. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill hasn't practiced much since yeah. his practicing. And, and with Jalen yeah. Waddell, so it was one of those, Brian, where they called it a high ankle, but not a severe high ankle. So Mike yeah. McDaniel didn't want to rule him out, but he hasn't practiced the last two days. I don't think he's going to play, personally. Yeah, high ankle or not. I mean, even if it's a regular low ankle sprain, I mean, th- those can be significant, too. I mean, we, we kind of tend to think that guys can bounce back really quickly with those, but if they're significant enough and you've got like a moderate sprain, a regular low ankle sprain. I mean, those can be very painful. You can get very, very swollen, very stiff in the ankle very quickly. And if not, you know, um, given time and adequate rest to, to get that to subside, then these can certainly set you back a couple of weeks. So high ankle sprain or not, I mean, it doesn't sound like he's going to be ready. Yeah. And then another guy, there's another big time receiver picked up an ankle issue last week, Jordan Addison. Uh, what do you think the prognosis on him is going to be? I mean, this sounds like it might be similar to the Jalen Waddle thing. If he wasn't able to go today, I know he did not go yesterday. Again, like yeah. we said earlier, it's a kind of a walkthrough day, so it's not a huge deal to miss on Wednesday. But Thursday and Friday are the two big days of the week where a lot of the preparation and practice activity ramps up. And so if guys aren't on the, the practice field, then it makes it really hard for them to prepare. And usually that sends a signal to us that they're dealing with their injury and it's quite significant and they're, they're not ready to be back out there. So... Uh, if he wasn't out there today and he can't get out there in full at least or limited tomorrow, then it's going to be kind of a question mark heading into the weekend and pay close attention. It's going to be a lot of Justin Jefferson. We got to harp on this, though, because this news came out earlier today. So, guys, guess what? Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are going to go with Jaron Hall. They're going to go back to the rookie quarterback who they traded Josh Dobbs, so they didn't have to start him before. And then they started McMullins the last couple of games, and now they're going to start Jaron Hall. Uh, Jordan Addison is going to be out. TJ Hawkinson, who we're going to talk about in a second, we already know he's going to be out for the rest of this season. So, yes, Justin Jefferson will get the ball. I don't care who's at the quarterback position. He'll be the number one target. You're playing him no matter what. Maybe the ceiling comes down a little bit just because we don't have the sample size to know exactly what Jaron Hall is throwing the football. The key is here with the Jordan Addison issue, KJ Osborne was somebody who had made my waiver wire rankings list. Because I don't know what to expect out of Jaron Hall, despite the fact that the targets should be consolidated, I don't know how much I want to trust the KJ Osborne, who's already risky as it is, on top of a quarterback that I don't know what to expect in my championship week, despite the fact that it's a good matchup on Sunday Night Football. Now, having said that, maybe if you don't have a better option, he should, should be in line for a 20% team target share, which should put him around the wide receiver twos as far as volume is concerned. We'll have to see what kind of productivity he has off of that. But being that we don't know what to expect out of Jaron Hall, who was a one read and run type quarterback in BYU in college, I'm probably going to look at bit, uh, other options this week and reflect that in my rankings. KJ Osborne was my flex consideration, got dumped down to a wide receiver four. So that was a big one that we kind of had to get into. Uh, what are you getting? What do you got for these uh, Packer receivers? Well, Christian Watson's dealing with the hamstring thing. He didn't practice yesterday. I'm not even sure if he got out there today at all. And again, with the hamstrings, even if it was a limited practice until I see him go full and test that thing out, uh, I'm, not, I'm not expecting him back. Um, Jalen Re- Jaden Reed, right? Is that the other one you're talking about? Yes. Or Dontavian Wicks? Or Both. All, all, all three. <laughs> yeah, so um, Wicks, you know, I picked him up <clears throat> like two weeks ago when uh, Tyree Kill didn't play. And uh, man, he came through huge for me. Got me into the next round where I then subsequently lost and he got injured and he was out right last week too. And now he's dealing with an ankle and a chest injury. 
Um, didn't practice yesterday. Not sure what he did today. Uh, again, could be a day-to-day thing. I think it's the ankle that's more the issue now than the chest. I think the chest thing was the thing that kind of helped or he aggravated two weeks ago as well, but sounds like that wasn't as serious. I think they did x-rays and didn't see any rib injuries or anything or to his chest, so sounds like the ankle is the issue that's kind of holding him up. Um, with Jaden Reed, though, he actually got two consecutive days of practice in, so it looks like he's trending towards playing. So we should have Jaden Reed at the very least. Yeah, Dunsavian Wicks got knocked out of the game last week with an ankle issue, didn't return. Uh, so I'm hard-pressed to believe that we'll have Dontavian Wicks back this week. I'm hard-pressed to believe that we'll have Christian Watson back this week. So Jaden Reed, if he's good to go, he assumes my number one Packer receiver position as far as who gets to the allotment of the targets. They've been using him as a Swiss Army knife anyway, and I think he should be a flex consideration. Romeo Dobbs will be a high-end wide receiver four because he'll be the other guy getting the targets outside the tight end group, uh, which actually we have one to talk about later on in, in just a minute. Uh, before we get there, though, we still have three more receivers to get through here. So, Cortland Sutton, what do you think he's going to do with his concussion issue? Well, didn't practice yesterday, um, you know, but it's a walkthrough, uh, typically. Um, but still, still, oh, he practiced today, so that's good. Did, um, did not practice today. Oh, I'm did sorry. Yeah, so again, with the concussions, it's very uh, subjective. It really depends how they're feeling. Um, but getting through practices, getting through some light physical activity and ramping up from there is part of the protocol. So you got to do that to get cleared. So until we see him do anything, going to be hard pressed. You know, he's got three days, possibly Sunday. He can get cleared. We'll see this, that has happened this season where guys have gotten cleared last minute. Um, so something you have to kind of pay, pay close attention to, because like we said earlier, the symptoms on this are very subjective, but things can turn around very quickly. Guys can go from having symptoms to having no symptoms within less than a day sometimes. So it's, it's really subjective. Just keep an eye on it. Let's um, hope so. We got, we got Jared Stinham, who's going to be the quarterback for that team. And look, if you're going to ask me the question, okay, well, can I play Jerry Judy if there's not going to be a Cortland Sutton? My answer is no. Don't do it to yourself. Just don't. Just, don't. just avoid the Denver Bronco receivers altogether. <laughs> uh, Zay Flowers and a calf. This is a new injury for him. Yeah, he, he didn't practice Wednesday. I'm not sure if he went today. Nope. Um, cat, yeah, calf injuries like we've seen uh, earlier in the year. We had a couple of big names of uh, players with those. Uh, Joe Barrow being probably the, the most memorable one since it happened in preseason and and all that. But yeah, these can take a while. Um, something you you really can't test it out until you're feeling good um, because they can easily be re-aggravated, similar to like a hamstring injury. It's not usually as bad, but but certainly significant. And so until we see him at least in a limited fashion uh, return to practice, I wouldn't expect anything this week. Yeah, I think he's really in danger of not playing this week. And if he doesn't go, uh, OBJ should be looking at a healthy target share. So he can be like a sneaky low end, you know, flex play high end wide receiver for somewhat in that territory. I don't like the match against the Miami Dolphins with the way their secondary has been playing as of late. But the target's going to have to go somewhere for Lamar Jackson. And outside of Isaiah Likely, if there's no Zay Flowers, it's the only other go-to option to go with. You're not going to play Nelson Aguilar or anything like that. So uh, definitely one to watch. Could be very significant. What about Zay Jones? Is he going to come back this week? Well, he was limited. Limited in practice, which is a good sign. Uh, If he can ramp up his activity and get back to a full session in, I think we could see him. Okay, well, we'll keep that a possibility too. Getting that, with, okay. we're not talking about Zay Jones. We're fantasy assets. We're talking about Zay Jones, the target splitter uh, of Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram, and whether or not he's going to be on the field. So that that's what we worry about there. All right, with that, let's get to the tight ends. We know Hawkinson's out, but what is his prognosis in your mind for next year? Well, it this is this is what sucks about tearing your ACL um, this far into the season, not only because it 
basically eliminates you from being able to participate in the playoffs should your team make it. But it puts in the serious question whether or not you'll be ready for next year at all. And so that's really going to be um, the big kind of question mark that surrounds him during his recovery for the next minimum nine months. Uh, along with the MCL tear, he probably had some other meniscus damage. How significant that was, whether that needed to be addressed during surgery, uh, will also sometimes uh, change or slow down the rehab initially, and that could potentially prolong his recovery and uh, ability to get cleared by the surgeons when it comes time for that. So something to to you know pay close attention to as we get closer to the preseason minicamp stuff, uh, you know, in in the spring and fall, uh, summer. I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean, you know, you're looking at least nine to 12 months before you see him back on the field in competitive football, full participation, no restrictions. Um, And, you know, as we've been seeing a lot lately, some of these guys are are going closer to that 10 to 12 month mark and some some even longer, depending on what what happens. So um, it puts into serious jeopardy as whole 2024. Yeah, that's rough. And, I, and if you're in Dynasty, it, it's really rough for you if you're in that situation where you've had TJ Hawkinson in your Dynasty leagues and you're looking pretty as a result of that. Uh, but right now, you're going to have to stay fast because he's not going to have any trade value, too good to give up. And we'll have to see come 2024, which could, could be a strong tight end class for redraft leagues. We might actually have a, a number of tight ends for once that we can draft confidently, but I don't know if Hawkinson will be one of them. Uh, what about Cole Komet? What do you got on him? Dealing with some type of knee issue, he didn't practice yesterday or today. So, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow and whether or not he'll be available. Didn't sound good, though, in some of the reports I read. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to go. That's going to be another tough loss. It's going to be another pivot option you guys are going to have to be able to go to. Um, And and we'll work through that. Make sure you go to my rankings, BillyFantasySports.com. I'll be updating them throughout the weekend. Hopefully give you some guys some options. Hit us up on social media with all of your start sick questions, and we'll get you covered there. What about Hunter Henry? Because he could actually be a potential option for Cole Komet owners. Yeah, so he's actually working his way back from this knee issue, which he's been dealing with for a while. He actually did get a limited session in yesterday, so it sounds like he's ramping up his activity. If he can kind of get back to full before the end of this week, we might have a chance to see him this weekend. If not, perhaps um, as we go forward. Okay, and the last but not least, Luke Musgrave made an appearance on the practice field. Still in the IR, but kind of curious. Well, he's been dealing with some reported kidney issue, whether it's a medical thing or like a physical thing, I'm not sure of. Um, either way, you don't want to be taking full contact with a kidney problem because that could lead to dire results. So sounds like whatever it is, um, he's improving and was actually listed as a limited participant, um, but he hasn't played since November 19th. So whatever it is, it's pretty significant. Um, hopefully it's not a medical issue that's going to require like long-term care or anything significant to be done. Hopefully it maybe was just some bruising or something on the kidney that occurred. I'm not really sure. Couldn't find the exact information on it, but um, you don't want to mess around with kidney injuries in the sport like football. No, absolutely not. Um, That does it for our list. Brian, it's been a fantastic year. I can't wait to see what we come up with next, but what do you have on the off season that we all need to keep tabs on you and check out? So we got the podcast that we keep doing. Um, we've got a bunch of episodes kind of just uh, simmering on the back stove, ready to be published. I just put one out last week, a cool one with a gentleman by the name of Jeremy Swick, who was the former curator at the Professional Football Hall of Fame, as well as the Collegiate Football Hall of Fame. So he had some really cool stories to share. That uh, episode is out now. You can see that on my website at theinjurelist.com. Next 
um, week, we're actually going to do a new episode and put that out right away. That's with me and Andrew LaDuke. He and I both co-author our blog called Inside the Medical Tent, where we give a lot of um, behind-the-scenes kind of updated and accurate information on injured players and how they may affect your rosters, and uh, along with some fantasy advice on how to navigate the situation. So we'll be doing a little bit of like a year-end review and kind of a summary for athletes that we're concerned about heading into the offseason. So definitely want to tune in for that. I will publish that next week after we record. And then, um, you know, we've got um, uh, TSS Fantasy, Fantasy Sports Corps, be guesting on their shows and stuff, doing all that. And uh, we got some merch. I think I showed that on your show a couple weeks ago, the Limpin' Ain't Easy t-shirt. You can find that at DCL4 um, um, Apparel, which is an awesome uh, company we're working with that's putting out some new gear for us. So check that out as well. You can find links to that on the website too. Excellent, excellent stuff. Make sure you give him a follow at the Injured List Podcast, Mr. Brian Scott. Always a fantastic guest. Love having you on. A happy new year to you, sir. Same to you. All right, we'll be ke- we'll be checking you out soon. Don't don't you worry. Now let's get on to the second half of the show. We got Chaz Florida, second half. Chaz, we got some bets to win. Chaz, I got a w- great one for you. I already won a parlay today. I had Joe Flacco over 233 and a half passing yards linked up with David Njoku over 51 and a half receiving yards. That hit in the first half. Hit almost in the first quarter. Love it. You had you had the over 49 and a half for the first quarter and. That I didn't have the over on. It wasn't amazing. Ready to just amazing. It was just wild to watch that. Well, the last six, look, no one can complain about Thursday night, Lily, because the last six Thursday night games have gone over. As, as much oh, as we, I would tend to happened. agree with you if it wasn't that I could complain about Thursday night because <laughs> this freaking stream I'm getting from Amazon is horrible. But I think they know that I don't like Amazon and I bash them whenever I can. And I think they've isolated our signal. <laughs> They're like, screw that guy. Corruption, right baby. <laughs> Personal sabotage. Uh, no, they, you know what? Remember, we had a few years. We used to do a show at the Fox Sports Grill downtown on Thursday nights. And we did squares and stuff. And, and there were some nights the only people that hung around were the ones that were live on the squares to win the final score. Because they were, you know, that's when Jacksonville was horrible. <clears throat> Yeah, it was a it given. Was the, go ahead and lock that in. Yeah, it's perfect. But so we do have some caching that we need to do for this Sunday. We, before we go anywhere, I yeah. think out of respect for how well we do usually, we when we suck, we really have to accept the fact that last week I made a comment that the three teams that the three of us had. Where is Chris? By the way, is he coming? Uh, he, he should be here any moment. We okay, yeah. So uh, you can re- you can let him know what I what I said later. But the bottom line is, we had three teams, and I mentioned how many point spreads. I said, "Oh, this is like a college game." Not only did none of them cover, I think Green Bay was the only one that won, and that took overtime after blowing a huge lead. It was really a bizarre NFL weekend for our plays. It, it it was a bizarre weekend period, Chaz. I just, I has hopefully the guys listening to the show had better luck than I did. I had, I was just telling Brian this in, on the off screen. I had four leagues that I care about a lot. There's a lot of money involved, and all four of them, I had a bye week because I finished the number one seed, and then lost all four of them last week. Couldn't yeah. quite get to the championship for this week. It just, yeah. oh, just so frustrating. It was such a frustrating week in every single way, shape, way, or form. Betting wise, did okay. Bet- betting wise, did okay. But 
Oh, yeah, it was brutal. All right, let's let's let's, let's cash some tickets so I can feel better. Uh, and Thursday night has been a nice little kickoff uh, to getting to back to being that. Well, that's and I right- tell you, you know what? When Thursday goes well for you, it it take for me. It means I usually have some open parlays. I've got some some parlays now for life for Saturday this week and Sunday. So yeah, Thursday really starts your week off good when it goes well. Yeah, it can really start your week off bad when it doesn't go right either, though. <laughs> Especially as a fantasy football guy. I've had a lot of Thursdays that didn't quite go my way, so I'm glad this one is. Uh, but we do have a Saturday night game this week for the third week in a row. It will be the last Saturday night game until the playoffs. The next week, remember, week 18, if you're looking to bet, it's all Sunday games because they're getting ready for the playoffs. They're trying to take away any advantages for teams heading into the postseason. So it'll be all on Sunday. So it's our last Saturday night game for at least a couple of weeks until we get to the postseason. Dallas and Detroit. So we got a good one on the docket here, and we actually kicked this thing off with one of my lock em ins of the week right off the bat. Lock them in. It's a lock. I got Dallas here locking it in at five and a half is what they're favored by at home against Detroit. Detroit's not the same team on the road, but there's another lock them in that I'm really excited about, and that's the over this game's at 52 the lions you can throw on them all day it's perfect for what dallas has been trying to do offensively anyway in the detroit side of the ball they put up points when they need to and dallas is a team that guess what i know statistically it may tell you one thing but you can run at dallas if you actually commit to it if you actually have the offensive line to do it detroit has both they commit to it they have the power to push them around they will be have success running the football which usually leads to detroit scoring points i actually expect a high scoring affair dallas had eight games going on the over detroit's had 10 games going on the over this year so what do you got in this game oh so this this week what i did guys is i, I say guys because of Sooner or later, Chris will show up, I hope. Um, I highlighted the, the trends that were just really, really long because we're late in the season. So uh, Dallas is 7-1-1 one, one against the spread in their uh, first quarters overall, and they've scored a touchdown or more. Think about that. The Lions on some quarters are now seven because there's so many unders this year. It used to be seven and a half, pretty consistent. They've scored seven or more in nine of ten. At, at home in the first quarter, it's 10 of 10, and they're 5 and 0 in their last five against the spread. But for the game uh, at home, they've scored 30 plus and 8 of 8, and they're 7 and 1 against the spread. I actually previously, to um, while you guys were talking injuries, I think you were on the tight ends. I was clicking on the over uh, Dallas in the first half. Love it. Love it. It's on the way to all of our bets coming true there for our next game for our Sunday games. This is what we got up. We got the 49ers and the Washington commanders. The 49ers are favored in this game at a minus 12 and a half with an over under of 50 with most of that expected to come from the San Francisco 49ers. It does help that Jacoby Brissett is going to be starting quarterback for the Washington commanders. As far as that over is concerned, that's not where I'm placing my money. I think San Francisco after getting thumped on Monday night, on Christmas Day against the Ravens take out their anger here on Washington, a far inferior team, and they actually cover the big line at 12 and a half. That's what I got in this game. What do you got? I always like one of my handicapping. I always like to look and go back when a team that doesn't lose loses to see how it happens. And like San Francisco, similar to the Alabamas and the Clemsons and their runs and Georgia and their runs, you can't find it to to look at what happened the last time they lost because they don't lose, you know. But here's a couple that jumped out. Um, They allowed 28-plus. This is Washington. I'm 6 of 6. If you bet against Washington over, so this would be San Francisco and over, which I will be betting, 
Uh, in the last four games, it's cashed four times. Uh, and that's actually, that's when uh, Washington is on the road. Or Washington's at home. When Washington's at home, they allow 13-plus and 5-5, five of five, and the over and them losing is four of the last four. Remember, when I talk about four out of four or five out of five or three out of three or six out of six, whatever, and it's parlays, <laughs> it's a whole different animal when you're talking parlays. You're talking point two six. Or yeah, two two point six, right? Two to one. Yeah. Uh, you don't really need to have a hundred percent winning record when you're getting twenty six dollars for your dime. No, not not at all. So we're on the same boat there, and from that standpoint, uh, okay. So next we got the Eagles. It's another big line. We got the Eagles and the Cardinals this week. Eagles at home. They're favored at minus twelve with an over under of forty eight and a half. I said this yesterday. I know the Eagles have not been covering these bigger spreads as of late. In fact, they've been having a hard time even winning games uh, outside the Giants, and that one they could not cover. But the Arizona Cardinals are a really bad team. I know they're playing against one of their old defensive coordinators, and you know you can call it a revenge game or whatever you want. Here's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to take the Eagles to cover for this reason. If they can't cover against the Arizona Cardinals, you can send off all the red flags that you want because that would have to be a dysfunction on a whole other level than what we think the Eagles are dysfunctioning at now anyway. So that's where I'm at with the Philadelphia Eagles covering in this 12 line here against the Cardinals. What do you think? No, I, I, the, the data matches your – the numbers match your words, my friend. In the first <laughs> half, overall, they've allowed – this is <clears throat> Arizona. They've allowed 13-plus and 8 of 9 and are 1 and 7 against the spread. On the road, they've scored less than six, 16 or less in 8 of 9. And at home, Philly has scored 28 or more in 6 of 7. Well, 28 minus 16 is 12. What's the line in this game? Uh, it's 48. No, I meant the, the, the spread, the line. No, it's tw- 12 points. Yeah. Minus 12. So there you go. 28 minus 16 is 12. I like yeah. uh, Philly. Actually, I got to get my sheet out for when we do our parlay, but um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I'm coming back with a couple of these big favorites. I just, I you know, I got, I always throw money line parlay in. I think I got to, so it's Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo, the Rams, Philly, and San Francisco on my money line. I got those teams, which are all good teams, and I got it at point uh, two plus two sixty four, I think, okay. um, for a sixteen money line parlay. And you know, when you watch a game money line, it's a whole different animal than watching it with the point spread, especially when it's twelve. Yeah, you just you just need them to win at that point. Yeah, so especially for that. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, here's another one: Buffalo. I don't know if you mentioned them or not. I couldn't didn't yep, hear. Yep. They're on the list. No, yep. on the list. Minus thirteen against the New England Patriots, and over under of forty. And this is a little. This one's a little bit weird for me. Now, I I don't have the cojones to say the Patriots are the underdog and they'll cover in this game, but the Buffalo Bills have a really bad habit of playing down to their opponent. We just saw it last week against the Los Angeles Chargers when it took them a a game-winning field goal to pull out that game. Uh, Should they beat the Patriots by 14 points? Yeah, they they probably should. The Patriots shouldn't have a prayer in this game. That's the problem with Buffalo is that they don't seem to play their A game when they're supposed to just beat out a team like this. So there's a part of me that kind of wants to take New England, but I'm just going to say no bet for me on this one. What do you got? Well, Part of what I, you know, we're, we're definitely on the same page. Of course, it didn't help us last week. But uh, I got Buffalo team total over. I got Buffalo money line. But I have no bets here that involve Buffalo with the point spread. 
And the, the reason I'm doing that is because, uh, you know, uh, New England screwed me already last week. What was that? Denver? They beat Denver on the field, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Beat Denver. I remember I hemmed in hard. I think I'm going Denver. <laughs> so here's what we got with this one. Uh, New England has scored in their, and this is in their last seven games. They've scored a touchdown in the first quarter. One touchdown in their last seven games. Buffalo's under a six to six. So I like the first quarter under. And, you know, again, it's usually seven, seven and a half. In the second half at home, Buffalo's allowing nine or less in eight of nine, and they're scoring 10 plus and 11 of 12. And again, you may not know this about me, but I tend to favor uh, second half wagers. Absolutely. That's why it's second half Chaz. So yeah, we can, we can still find some value in this game, even, even though I don't like the overall value on the line here. Uh, what about the big game of the week? The Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. This game in Baltimore coming back to the East Coast. Ravens are favored in this game at minus three with an over-under of 47. This is not my underdog pick of the week. I am cashing on the Ravens' cover here at minus three. Now, there's some things about the Ravens right now that I don't like. I don't like the fact that we just talked about in the injury segment of this show, Zay Flowers, number one receiver, seems very, very iffy as far as his availability to be able to play this week. And if he can't go, the offensive firepower really starts to dwindle. And you're going up against the Miami Dolphins defense as playing its best football right now. Vic Vangio really has those guys playing well. Though I know, I know everybody talks about the Dolphins' offense, no one's paying attention to the defense and the fact that that defense is actually playing playoff football right now. So that does bother me a little bit about the Ravens. I think that's part of the reason why this line's so close. On the flip side, the Dolphins aren't going to have Jalen Waddle, one of their bigger receivers. So the Ravens will be able to spend all their focused time on Tyreek Hill. Now, does that mean you're going to shut out Tyreek Hill? No, it doesn't. But can you limit him? Yes, it does give you an easier time to limit him. So I actually think when we go through this game, the bet that I'm looking to make is the under at 47. I don't think we're going to see a ton of points scored here. So what do you got for this game? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because with Hill, it's really just it gives you another guy to chase Hill. So now you got two guys chasing Hill instead of one, you know. Uh, Baltimore in the first half overall, 11-1 against the spread. They've scored 10-plus in all 12 of those games. Um, but here's the thing. There's, they've scored 23-plus in 10 of 11. And at home, it's 31 plus and five of five. So that's when I do a handicap, Dan, a lot of times I, I, I look at the game. I look at who they're playing, what they play. I look at everything. And then my final thing is I, I predict the score for both teams. So I, I pre- predict the score Baltimore using Baltimore stats. Then I predict the score if my for Miami using Miami's. And then I've got two different scores. So I got what I think Miami will score, what I think they'll give up, and what I think Baltimore will score, what I think they'll give up. And I kind of find a hedge, and that's where I look for for my team totals. And and I like the I like um I like that that underbet you mentioned. Okay, like there we go. We're all on the same page there too. I love it. Uh, on the same page a lot today. Let's well, you remember the, how many times this year those we, we you you talked specifically yeah. about it last week with that you said once it gets at a high numbers this this year it's been unders. Yeah, it, it really has been. We but we, it, we've seen some of these higher numbers start to come back a little bit uh, in certain spots, and it still really doesn't quite hit there. Normally speaking, but oh. I, I I say it almost every week for certain games. Not every game. There are certain games that you could tell early. I got a feeling again this will be one of them. With the San Francisco Baltimore game, you could tell early what was happening with that game, yeah. um, and and it was funny because we talked about how weird the point spread was. Well, guess what? In hindsight. 
they just kept making it. They just kept trying to get money on San Francisco and it didn't work, you know? Yeah, no, that's pretty much what it boiled down to. And uh, hopefully you didn't bet. You didn't bet for San Francisco. Well, remember, I was sitting next to a girl dressed in purple that game. And and it was fun. It was fun. Well, you're with a fan and you got the team because I'm not a fan of any team, but she was just hooting and hollering. It was just a good night to watch football in our house. No, yeah, it, it, it was still a great game that we were looking forward to, too. Uh, I, got, I got some breakdowns on that game. Make sure you go back and check out our show from yesterday, the Operation Domination full preview. We get we did talk about a little bit uh, about that game and that one with some of my thoughts. Uh, so check that out and just subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, getting on here, we got the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We you know, I, I have to interject, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm just talking because I, I, I look at yeah. – everything we do from a very business standpoint, ROI, how much do I invest? I talked to somebody about contests. I said, I stopped doing contests years ago because I realized it was really a donation. It wasn't a contest entry. I was donating that money to somebody else who was going to do it because my handicapping skills aren't there for contests because I, you know, nobody wants to, there's no first quarter contest. I should do, I should start a second half contest yeah. in here. I should you really do that. Shot. But my point is that if you don't sign up to your guy's YouTube channel, you're just leaving knowledge on the table that instead of getting it in an hour, you could spend five hours looking for it. Duh. It just, to me, seems like you shouldn't even have to say that you should assume sign up for the guy's YouTube channel. I appreciate that a lot, Chaz. It means a lot coming from you. You know how much work data and takes to, to, to get, if somebody else is going to do, if somebody was doing the second half lines, I wouldn't be doing it. I just go watch their podcast. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Uh, we got the Saints and the Buccaneers, and we got one of my lock them in picks of the week right here. Lock them in. It's a lock. That is Tampa Bay covering in this game at minus two and a half. The Bucs are just the better team right now, flat out. This game is in Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield's playing very, very well. The Saints play up and down to their opponents, but the fact is this, and you, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if your numbers reflect this, but the Saints don't show up to the second half of ball games for the most, most part, and it's usually because they let the first half go away and they got to come back in the second half. I'm taking Tampa Bay to win this game easily and by the minus two and a half. I think it's one of the best value bets that you can have on the week. So what do you got here? Yeah, I... I- I don't have Manscaped. I don't use the product. I have a razor, but I don't use it that often. But I do use this Sharpie highlighter that you can push the button. It's retractable. I should be getting a spot for that because that's what I use to highlight the two things that I highlighted. Two things. First quarter, New Orleans, one and nine against the spread. Second half, New Orleans, eight and one against the spread. So there you go. That's the only two things I highlighted. You nailed that one. Yeah, it's just this is how it's gone. They just don't put their pe- pedal to the metal until they absolutely have to, which is a big reason why this team's not in the lead for the division. But when you're talking, about, we're talking about ten times now. We're talking about ten times, right? One and nine, mm-hmm. and eight and one, or whatever. Those, those, you know what? You you could look to argue. I remember the other day, last week, I said Houston's going to give me twenty points because they give me twenty. Oh well. Chris says, yeah, but CJ Stroud's out. The bottom line is an organization that gets you 20 points, gets you 20 points, not just a one person. They get you 20 points because whatever, it's a field goal, it's a defense, whatever it is, it gets you to the 20 points. They get you to 20 points. A team that flips the switch at a halftime like that, you know, it, it's really good coaching, but it's poor coaching if you think about it because obviously you did not have these guys prepared. 
No, it's absolutely poor coaching because what it is is that every time you come in with a game plan, you have to literally tear it up, throw it out, and just tell Derek Carr to go ahead and sling it and hope that he come back. That's all that it is. That's that's why you get numbers like that when teams are way. Did you see? Did you see the note? The did you see the by the way note from Brian? I did see the by the way note by from Brian. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's I. I have the second half. I have the second half. That's for today's game, right? Yeah, that's the game he, he, was having, he was having a great game. Yeah, he has scored a touchdown. So in case you guys don't know, uh, behind the scenes, Brian, let me know that Elijah Moore got a concussion in the Thursday night game that is going on now, and he's officially been ruled out with a head injury. He already had a touchdown heading into this one. Uh, that game still 34-17, getting late into the third quarter. Well, it's always uh, scary because I, I, have you had any concussions yourself? I have. Yeah. The, the, the polarity. Uh, paralysis kick can kick in right especially in your hands and it's freaky when you see it i I told my wife one day i said that guy's not doing good she goes how do you know look at his hand his hands flipping out that's what i saw with this guy laying on the ground that and he you know it's just it's it's scary because those little guys are getting hit by big guys you know of course, yeah. he hit he hit Mother Nature. Really, what happened is he came down face first. So, yeah, he's, he slammed his head on the ground. That's that's really what got him on that one. Uh, so hopefully he's going to be okay. Uh, Fantasy wise, you know, you probably weren't playing Elijah Moore in your championships. So that's probably the good news, even with Amari Cooper out today. Uh, but yeah, hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, we got the Rams and the New York Giants next. The Rams on the road here, but still favored at minus five and a half with an over under of 43. Oh, look, it's another lock bet for me. Lock them in. It's a lock. Yeah, the Rams have been rolling. They're 8-5-2 and two against the spread. Uh, the Giants, the only thing I like about Tyrod Taylor starting with the Giants side is that maybe this game actually has a chance to hit the over, too. Uh, but we're taking the Rams here to cover with with no with no sweat whatsoever with the way they've been playing football and how bad the Giants are. So, yeah, give me that. Give me the Rams. What do you got in this game? Yeah, well, they're actually on my parlay. So the parlay is a four-team, half-one round robin with threes and four. Cleveland? which was a winner. I got over in Detroit, Dallas, which we talked about. I got the Rams, and the fourth one is to be decided because we haven't gotten to that game yet. Um, So with the Rams in the first half, they're 5-0 against the spread in their last five, scoring 13-plus on all of them. And in the last eight games, the Giants have scored seven points or less in the first half. Seven points in the first half. It's seven of eight of them. So, yeah, I like uh, the Rams. Like that, like that. So we're on the same page there. What about next is the Carolina Panthers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about Trevor Lawrence in the first half of today's show that we kind of think Trevor Lawrence is going to find a way to get it out yet again through another injury for the third week in a row and play through this thing. Take it on the Carolina Panthers. It's in Jacksonville. The Jaguars are favored at minus six points with an over-under of 38. I am not reading into the fact that Carolina looked like they actually had a competent football team last week against the Green Bay Packers to say, all of a sudden, Carolina's here. They don't cover, and I'm going to continue to bet them as if they don't cover. Maybe you want to wait until we know for sure Trevor Lawrence is going to play or not. I don't know, but I don't know how much I care either. I'm taking the Jaguars to cover minus six in this game. What do you got? Yeah, this game is nowhere to be seen, and and I have a sheet full of plays here. I've got to have 20 plays on this sheet. There's none to be found, but I do have in their road games in their last four, they've scored 18 or less in all of them, and I'm pretty sure you can get 18 points out of Jacksonville. Yeah, you should be able to do that quite, quite 
easily with 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 Jacksonville, especially if Trevor Lawrence is going to be out there. What about the Raiders taking on the Colts? The Raiders showing up against Kansas City, and while it's still a long shot, uh, actually has somewhat of a shot if Kansas City were to lose out and they were to win out, that they could actually take this division. Believe it or not, that's kind of where we are now with NFL in 2023. Uh, Yeah, the Colts are favored in this game at Indianapolis, minus three and a half for the 42 and a half over under. Michael Pittman, we expect to be back. So I think the Colts will have a full plethora of weapons in this game. And look, the Raiders, you look at them on paper, they they shouldn't win this game. They're, they're playing with all emotion and high intensity off of Antonio Pierce. I'm not betting this game. I have I have no feel, no idea what to expect from either one of these two teams. So what do you got, Chaz? I have a game. This is my game. No, seven no. wagers. I have seven wagers on the game that you want nothing to do with. And that really is the beauty handicap. And I always tell Vic, you could be at a table with four guys, and they all got the same game, and nobody has the same thing. You got the team total. I got the under. Chris has the over. Somebody else has the side, you know? So here's what I got. First of all, I'm going to read some numbers to you. 5-0 against the spread. 5-0 against the spread. 5-1-1 against the spread. 7-1-1 against the spread. And those are against the spread records of the Las Vegas Raiders? Is this like a parallel dimension? This is when the you get the Scooby-Doo music, you know? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. And then I got my notes in red. How bad was that Belichick mini-me? <laughs> they got rid of him, and this team exploded. So here's the bets. In the first quarter, I will have the Raiders. In the second quarter, I will have the over. In the first half, I will have the over. In the second half, I will have Indy. For the game, I'll have Indy team total over. For the game, I'll have Indy. And for the game, I'll have Indy and over. I will have seven wagers on that game. Vicky has to work, so she won't be home. God bless her. She gets confused with these games. But you know what? Again, you go six and one, you go five, even go five and two. That's a successful game. Yeah. Yeah. So you okay? You got a lot of action on the Raiders in different ways. Okay, okay, we'll see. Uh, I think Indy's going to win the game, though. I really do. They really they should do. win the game at home. They they really really should. And the Raiders should be coming off an emotional uh, emotional game, and it could usually lead to a letdown. But with the way they've played, especially defensively. It's really hard to say. And the Colts, kind of, I mentioned with Buffalo earlier, the Colts have a bad habit of playing up and down to their competition. Yeah, too. and that's, that's the, by the way, that's the fourth team in that uh, first half. It's the over in this first half. Okay. All right. So I like I that. got two overs. Like Cleveland is already a winner. I got the Rams and two overs. So, yeah, you know what? When you, win, when you hit the first game of a parlay, it's pretty cool. But when you start hitting round robin parlay, sooner or later they become straight bats. And that's when it's really cool, when you hit the straight bats, you know? All the tips that you need from Chaz Florida how to win money in many, many, many different ways. That's why he's the man. Seven, the I got seven wagers in a game where you said I want nothing to do with this game. I don't know if to be proud or to sign myself in for help, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, our next game, I do have a wager on. We got the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans in Houston. Houston's favorite at minus four with an over-under of 44. CJ Stroud got cleared from concussion today. They got their starting quarterback back in the building. Nico Collins is good to go. Noah Brown is good to go. And we may even see Will Levis for the Tennessee Titans on the other side. So we may see a rookie face-off here this week. But Houston Texans on the cost of getting in the playoffs. I want to see them get in the playoffs. And with CJ Stroud, I think they win this game at home handedly. I got Houston covering this game at minus four. No problemo. What do you got in this one? 
All right, so in the first quarter, overall, Houston is 1-8 against the spread. In the second half, overall, Tennessee is 1-8 against the spread. <laughs> Nobody wants to win. But I do have scores 20-plus and 8-8. Eight of eight. It was 7-7 seven of seven last week. Now it's 8-8. Eight of eight. So you're going to get 20 points out of Houston, guaranteed. So, you know, use that to start. I don't even know what the over is on that game, to be honest with you. It's 44. Yeah, see, 20 is half of 44 close. So, so <clears throat> you know what? If, if you like Houston, you got to say, do you think you're going to get any points out of Tennessee? You know, they've been scoring some points. So I don't know. We'll see. Not a lot. Not a lot. And they scored 16 points last and took on the Houston Texans, too. And that was in Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's uh, Houston Texans, they're a better defense than people realize. Uh, that's really what it boils down to. That D'Amico Ryans has that defense playing pretty well. Yeah, and the um, second after allowing 11, 11 or less in the last three. Yep. So I, I, let's, while we're talking, let's go ahead and take the under. I think we're going to get the under here on top of Houston Texans uh, covering the minus four. Uh, moving on, we got my next lock em in bet of the week. We got the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Bears favored at minus three and over under of 38. And lock them in. It's a lock in those Chicago Bears at minus three. I love the way they're playing. They're playing inspired football right now. That defense is really coming together with one of the top five defense over the past two months now, all of a sudden, if you weren't paying attention. And the Atlanta Falcons are a terrible team on the road. I don't care if Taylor Heineke is going to be the starting quarterback for them this week. It's going to be in Chicago. So I like the Bears here to cover a minus three, frankly. And I'm hoping, hoping this undoes the damage the Colts did by losing to the Falcons last week because I need to see Arthur Smith get fired. We need a new blood there in Atlanta because I'm tired of seeing these weapons get wasted. But that's just a side note for me. What do you got, Chaz? They had a chance to kick a field goal in a Super Bowl, and they chose to not kick that field goal. And they're, <laughs> it's like a movie. Their whole destiny got changed, right? Their whole yeah. destiny got changed. Yeah. You win a Super Bowl there, beat the Patriots, and all of a sudden, two 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 destinies could have been changed. Who knows? Maybe the Brady would still be married. All right. So what do we got? First quarter, Atlanta one and seven against the spread. First quarter, Chicago six and one against the spread. That's overall. It's one and twelve against the spread on the road for Atlanta. They haven't scored a point in their last three first quarters. In the second half on the road, in their last eight. They've scored nine points or less in seven of them. Those aren't numbers that make you want to bet them. That's for damn sure. Yeah. That, that's go kind Bears. Of the Bears. All Bears. Let's <clears throat> go. Uh, what about Steelers and Seattle Seahawks in Seattle favored at minus three and a half with an over under of 41? Look, guys. I get it. Mason Rudolph surprised us last week. It was Rudolph. It was Christmas weekend. It was, it, it, look, it was just, that was how it was going to be. Okay. George Pickens has the big games because of blown tackles and blown coverage. Mason Rudolph stinks. Seattle is actually pretty good and fighting for that last playoff spot and looking like they're coming together at the right time. I am taking Seattle to cover at minus three and a half here at home. What do you got in this game? They those last two wins by Seattle were pretty exciting wins, weren't they? And they, they end they like that. Yeah. Down down to the wire. Right uh, not a lot of data on this game. This game doesn't make it on this sheet, and this sheet has a lot of plays on it that make it on here. So, but the only one I've got is in the second half. Remember, I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven things that have happened for more than a couple months. And as games play out, what I'll do is I'll pull out that easy sports data. If, if it's a game that I didn't have and I look and see, okay, 
does this game remind me of anything that's happened recently? I, I look really at this time of year, Dan, the last three, four weeks. Really, that's what I'm looking at. Anything before that, like I said, rosters change with the injuries. Then this year, it's been an amazing turnover. Uh, but, yeah, so the only thing I've got in the second half on the road, Pittsburgh is under an eight of nine. Okay. I, okay, and that, that that bodes well when you're talking about when you're talking about teams that go under in the second half. That usually bodes well for if you're picking the other team to win because that means that team is not doing what they need to do. To I mean, unless they're up big in the first half, you can make that argument. With a team like Pittsburgh, it's more about you're not doing what you got to do to win at the end of the game, and so that usually bodes well for them. Yeah, to they've scored the sixteen or less than three straight on the road. Yeah. You know, that's not a lot, but to see the thing, that's the other thing. When you when you look at nine out of ten or ten out of eleven or eleven out of eleven, and it's overall, that's you know, that's three months. But if five games on the road is equal to ten games at home, because usually it yeah. takes you, you know, ten weeks to go five games on the road. You know? Absolutely. So yeah, we like Seattle here at minus three and a half on on that too. All right. So what about Cincinnati, Kansas City? A lot of smack talking getting drummed up here by Jamar Chase. Who I like I said in the first segment here, uh, I know he's banged up, did come back and practice a limited capacity today. But the with him, the way he's sounding off, he better play because he better not sound off the way he is right now and then not play in this game due to injury because otherwise he needs to keep his mouth shut. But this is going to be an interesting game. What's turned into kind of a cross divisional rivalry game between Kansas City and the Cincinnati Bengals. I know Kansas City seems lost. I get it. They just lost against the Raiders. They've been dysfunctional all season long. But the Bengals are just not the same team. Jake Browning's played well at times, sure, especially when Jamar Chase has been on the field. But Kansas City's defense is very, very good. Despite all the struggles offensively, it's very good. And Cincinnati can't stop a nosebleed right now. I am going to take the Chiefs to cover here at 6.5, even though that has not been their thing as of late, this is a gut call for me, Chaz. What do you have in this game? In the first, uh, let's see, we're looking at overall. Uh, in their last seven, the Chiefs have allowed 20 or less in six of them. I couldn't believe that because I had, I wasn't, I, I didn't bet. I remember my words exactly where I don't see how the, the, the Raiders win, but I don't think they're going to, I don't think the Chiefs may cover. So I'm going to go with the, the Raiders team total under. And in seven seconds, I lost the wager. <laughs> there was a scoop and score and a pick six. I went from winning to losing in seven seconds. Uh, what else? So Chris, Super, how are you? Uh, let's welcome. Uh, let's welcome Chris. What do we got here? Oh, then uh, here's another one for Kansas City. This is in the second half at home. They've scored less than 10 in eight straight games at home. Less than 10 points in the second half. Now, um, on the road, Cincinnati, first half over six straight. Uh, game, uh, second half over four straight and five straight. They've allowed 31 plus in three of them over for the game on the road. So maybe that'll help Kansas City find themselves. Let's hope that it does. Uh, we did have Chris for a second. Look like he's oh, good, good because you know what? Um, I've been sick and I thought maybe the Mets were kicking in. <laughs> he was there and then he was gone. Chris, can you hear us? Christopher. We just have this blank look on his face right now. So I'm guessing. Oh, 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 maybe, maybe. Better late than never, Chris. Always, always a way to catch us at the end of the show here, but better late than never. All right, so we're moving on here. We got the two more games to talk about. It's the Chargers and the Denver Broncos. What is, 
<laughs> what a game this is going to be, man. So we got Jared Stidham taking over. Russell Wilson, he gone. He done. We're going to cut him in March. That's what the Broncos are saying. We already know we have Easton Stick and all the backups for the Chargers there on that side. This game is in Denver. They're favored by minus three and a half points. The over-under is set at 37. And this is one of those games where you just you have no idea what to expect whatsoever. But call it a gut feel. Jared Stidham, I think Sean Payton's going to actually open up this offense, believe it or not, with Jared Stidham. More so than he did with Russell Wilson. I think the Broncos actually cover this one at minus three and a half at home. Just call it a feel. Just call it a feel. Chaz, what are you looking at in this game? All right, so the highlight on the left says, in the first quarter, the Chargers have scored three or less in seven of seven. It's been under in five of the last six. Denver has allowed zero points recently in the first quarter, and they're 10-1-1 against the spread. Then it uh, shows that uh, in the second half, the Chargers have scored 10-plus and 6-7, and Denver has scored 12-plus and 6-6. Six six. And at home, that uh, against the spread mark in the first quarter for the Broncos is 7-0. Okay. Chris, what do, you, what do you think about this game between the Chargers and the Broncos? Yeah, it's a tough call with you got all these backups playing in this game. Um, I, I think it's probably still going to go Denver. Their defense is better. I think even with Jared Sinem at quarterback, they'll still be better offensively than the Chargers are. No Keenan Allen at practice again today. So I think this Denver can cover in this game, and I think they should win. I mean, no Josh Palmer either. Like They're, they're going to be down. Quentin Johnson might have to be the number one receiver for this team this week, too. So let's keep that in mind. Our last game on the week, I, I talked about this yesterday. I'm not betting it. I'm not betting it. And now I changed my mind because of who the Vikings, I think in my opinion, stupidly decided to go with a quarterback for this week. So the Vikings right now against the Green Bay Packers, that's the Sunday night game. They're favored at home by a point. So it's basically a pick em situation. 43 and a half over under. And because the Vikings announced they're going to go Jared Hall, not, not Josh Dobbs, not Nick Mullins. You have Jordan Addison out. You lost TJ Hawkinson for the season. We're going to go with the rookie quarterback who we drafted in the fifth round out of BYU. I am going to take, we finally have my underdog pick of the week. Not saying much, but that is going to be the Green Bay Packers to win this game outright in this one. Chaz, what do you have? Overall, in the first half, they've scored double digits in seven straight. They're five. They're they're five. Last five games have all gone over, uh, but they've lost and they've gone over in three of three. Uh, let's see. On the road, they're scoring thirteen plus in the first half, and they're allowing points in the second half. But in the second half at home, Minnesota's one and seven against the spread. So, yeah, I um, I'm glad it's not ruining my Monday. This game ain't going to ruin my Monday. No, it's just just your Sunday night. That's all. Uh, Chris, what do you think for this game, man? What do you think about the Vikings going with Jaron Hall at the quarterback position? Well, that was their original you know, plan after Cousins went out. They, had, they didn't have Nick Mullins, so he was on an IR at the point. Um, they hadn't traded for Josh Dobbs yet, so they were going to go with Hall, but Hall got you know injured, wasn't playing too poorly that beginning of the game, but wound up having you know getting nothing and finished that first game. So I guess they're going back to the well. Um, I, I don't know if this is a thing that's going to change a whole lot. We see no matter who plays quarterback pretty much for the Vikings, there's going to be a lot of turnovers. I don't know if that's on the coaching staff or that's just on the players, but I mean, Kirk Cousins had some turnovers when they were one, one four stretch, you know, that made part of the season too. So 
I don't know if this is going to necessarily solve the Vikings issues, but the Packers aren't necessarily a team that you want to bet on either. So I, it's tough for me. Yeah, that's why I go with the underdog pick. I needed one. This is the only one that looked to me like it could actually be a legitimate underdog pick. Uh, at least they're going in there with their full team, or at least partially their full team. They do, they do get Jaden Reed back this week, so that would be big. All right, so while we get ready for the parlay bets, Chris, you could tell me what you think about these lock player props that I have for everybody. Hit on all three of them last week, so let's see if we can go ahead and keep this going. Matthew Stafford, 257.5 passing yards. He's been over that the last four games in a row. Another great matchup here against the New York Giants, so that's number one. Number two, David Montgomery on Saturday night, 53.5 rushing yards. He's been over that in every game this season that he has finished. So in every game that he's played all four quarters, he's been over 53 and a half rushing yards all year long. That includes even the latest with Jameer Gibbs getting a bigger role. It does not matter. I have the over on that. Then last, but certainly not least, Chris Olave at 66 and a half receiving yards. He's been over that three of the last four. And Tampa Bay has allowed the most receiving yards to wide receivers this season, Carlton Davis likely to miss with a concussion issue, so they're still having injuries on the back end. The boots, Chris Olave is being a target monster. Give me over 66.5 for Chris Olave this week. What do you think, Chris? I like them all. I think, you know, Chris Olave has got a good matchup versus Bay, playing a lot of single coverage with Carlton Davis, as you alluded to, out. Matthew Stafford's got a smash matchup versus the Giants. I think that's definitely a home run. I the other, I think all three of them were great moves. So I think you hit three on last, hopefully three again this week. I'm liking it. I already hit two today. I told Jazz I don't lose. I had Joe Flacco over 233 and a half yards and uh David Njoke over 51 and a half yards. I hit that in the freaking first quarter. So that was that was great here tonight. All right. So now that we got that out the way, we get to go into our parlay, our last parlay of the year gentlemen so let's make it a good one let's go into the new year with a bang chris do you still need a minute no i can go with this one i'm you know, i went double digits last week and it burned me versus chargers but i'm going to go with the 49ers they'd be able to cover versus uh, versus washington i think this commander's team's a joke as an offense joke as a team I think the 49ers are going to get right and kind of grind the axe against this washington team this week I did say earlier, at least Washington finally decided they're going to start Jacoby Brissett. You know, better late than never, but I, I guess. But yeah, uh, but I, I agree with you. I think 49ers do cover. I like that one. So minus 12 and a half. Uh, mine is going to be the Rams at minus five and a half over the New York Giants. I love them to continue to roll in a nice matchup here. They're still competing for the playoff lives. They have a lot on the line. I think there's no reason why they don't cover that spread against New York here. So mine's the Rams. Chaz, what is yours? Yeah, you know, Chris Chris shows up for three minutes and steals my freaking play. What's up with that? <laughs> You hear from the very beginning of the show, and he comes in and he snoops my play. And the reason I had them, <clears throat> I, Chris, I was mentioning, I got Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo, the Rams, Philly, and San Francisco in a money line play. It's like almost three to one. Um, and then and then I did a round robin with them uh, against the spread. So I, those are my top six teams. So, duh, I mean, they're probably, well, they got the, they're probably winning seventy percent of their games as teams. Um, so I, I said to myself, "Those are those are really my my first two. I, I'm afraid of Dallas because Detroit's good. I'm afraid of Baltimore because they just won that big game, and that's why I kind of like San Francisco because they're coming off the loss." Well, I, tell I you what, Chad. 
If you want to jump, to, you want to take the San Francisco one. You go ahead and take that one. I'll take the Eagles covering versus Arizona. All right. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll just take the Eagles then because they're on my list. <laughs> so it don't really matter because when I bet them, when I bet these round robin with our picks, they don't ask me whose play is whose. They just take my money. <laughs> we know. Last week they took it and they laughed at me. Who, who dropped the ball this week, though? That's the one I want to make sure noted. All right. So uh yeah. okay, well, I I wrote it down. I got I got me uh, Philly, uh, what is it? With uh was it double digits too, wasn't it? Uh, Philly is minus twelve and a half as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I, like I said, you know what? <clears throat> this is the time of year where the, the teams that are the best teams are supposed to show that they're the best teams. But this this year has not worked out that way. I mean, every single week, right? There's there's Teams that are getting double digits and win the game outright every every week it seems. Yeah, no, I agree. This is when you're supposed to be playing your best football. It's when the, the teams start to separate themselves when we go into the playoffs. That does it. That was our last episode of the year, last episode of the 2023 season, last episode of the MD's Fantasy Football Show podcast. So well, you before- know what? Since this, this is the last show, I'll officially tear up. The parlay's ticket that I got in New Orleans on the very first show. <laughs> Here's what I had. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Tennessee, the Chiefs, the Eagles, Minnesota, the Saints, and San Francisco. I mean, even if I had done a round robin with twos, I don't think I cashed in there. Buffalo might win it. Cincinnati ain't winning, all right? Tennessee's, Tennessee's not winning it. Kansas City might win it. Eagles might win it. Minnesota's not winning it. The Saints might win it. San Francisco's winning it, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so much for that five buckaroonies. <laughs> and I got an Uber like at seven in the morning to get downtown New Orleans because we were staying in the town next door um, to do that. Probably spent more on the Uber. <laughs> it's 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 hard it's hard to bet them beating the season. That's what makes it fun though. And we'll we'll be back in Oh, I'll do it again next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Count on it, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh Chaz, of course, will be involved in whatever we come up with next, Chris, uh, along with Chase and uh Adam. But uh yes, yeah, so th- if you've been following the MD's fantasy football show, that's all you gotta do. You just follow us on on, on YouTube, you follow us on social media at Billy MDFF Show on, on X MDFF Show everywhere else. You'll be grandfathered into the new brand, whatever that winds up becoming. We are gonna look to change some things, change the way some how we present some of the information to you guys, maybe a little more creative, a little more entertaining, and hopefully still get you to cash tickets and win your fantasy football championships, which always will be the two main goals of this show. But we'll be doing some different things, and I'm excited for that and for that change so thank you guys for everything you've done it's been you know a good five-year run as the MD space football show we've built up an audience i am very very proud of it i will tell you right now i know that the activity i'm getting on my social media is direct result of you guys because i ain't touched it in two months because i've been too busy handicapping so i appreciate the Chaz, always, always appreciate you being on the show, my man. And we'll, we'll, of course, we'll have you on whatever new form of fashion we take on. Uh, so, Chaz, what do you got going on this off season? You got anything people need to be checking out? Actually, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dedicating this off season to finishing my screenplay. I wrote a screenplay, and it's registered with the uh, with the world. I'm a writer. That's basically what I do. And uh, and and what it is, it's a, it's a, it's uh, it's how I describe it is. The Italian job meets It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Christmas movie about sports betting. 
and I'm very excited about it. Awesome. Well, Did you either you see the Italian job? Yes. Okay. Yes. Decent movie, right? Did yeah. you, either you see It's a Wonderful Life? Of course. It's a decent movie. Put them together. It's sports betting, baby. So that's what that's what I'm doing. I'm going I'm going to the next level with my with my writing. I'm taking a hiatus from Better Collective and uh, Vegas Insider and going to uh I'm going to get this stuff finished up cuz it's 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 I, I see what's out there content-wise and my shit's better than that. I can <laughs> So I keep I walk around all day. I can do this. I know it's a lofty goal, but I can do this. I can do this. Come to a theater near you. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. That's that's very exciting. We'll keep our eyes on that. All right. So with that, it ends the show. Guys, I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you win your championships. I hope we cash some tickets. Uh, and I hope you follow us along and what our announcement will be over the next month. Very exciting stuff coming up over the off season. We won't be going anywhere. So make sure you keep following us on social media. And before we head out of here, Chaz, for the last time, as you always like to say. Yeah, let's always be cashing, huh? Always be cashing. Happy New Year, guys.